Hey, how's it going? This is Alex Mason with the Stock Stories Podcast, and I'm joined by my wife. Hello. She's here. Whoa. <laughs> Special guest today. <laughs> Today's going to be a fun episode, a little bit different. So let's start the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Stock Stories Podcast the place where we decode the business behind the stock and learn more about mental models. And my name is Alex Mason. This is my wife. Hi, my name is Selenia. And we became financially independent by 30 years old by just diligently investing in the stock market. So today we have a little bit of a different episode. We just wanted to have a conversation and talk about current things happening in the stock market and just help you learn a little bit more about the current climate and some things that we can do as investors during this time. What do you want to talk about today, dear? Well, we've been on this wealth building journey together and a lot happened in the stock market this week. So we figured we would invite you to our table as we had conversations to process and see if we need to pivot regarding our portfolio and our wealth building. We often have these conversations together in private <laughs> about what we're doing and what we're thinking. And we just thought it'd be a great idea to share some of some of that thinking with you today. So what's going on lately, honey, with the stock market? There has been so much volatility. We saw the market take a huge dive the first um, the first half of this week and then attempt to recover the latter half. Um, so that's what's happening right now. Should we pull all our money out? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> the stock market always goes up over the long term. And we know that that's driven by the long term earnings growth, the earnings power of the companies that we're invested in. And so regardless of whether the stock market is going up or down, we just invest, period, because we know that as an asset class, stocks make money, right? That's right. So with their conflict between Russia and Ukraine going on, um, there's been volatility, but also Let's remember that this there was some volatility to be expected as the interest rates uh, began to shift. So let's talk about interest rates. Like, why should investors even care about interest rates? Well, they have an inverse relationship with equities. So as equities, when interest rates are low, equities are high. And as interest rates rise, equities begin to, to feel that pressure and yeah. they tend to shift. Exactly. Yeah. Interest rates affect the entire economy. And it's not even just stocks too, right? It's also bonds, bonds really heavily, yes, right? Because they're fixed income assets, but stocks too, because when investors see that they can get more on a government bond, which is safer than uh, maybe the dividend yield of some stock, well, they're going to go more with the safer thing if they're going to safer. safer, quote unquote, <laughs> we got to do the air quotes. Right now, interest rates are rising. rising. Finally, right? Yes. Like they haven't been oh rising for years. Literally the whole time you and I have been investing and in, throughout all of our 20s, interest rates have been just basically zero, right? Yes. Yeah, or very close to that, right? Another reason that interest rates are going up or rising is it's also because uh, inflation is getting a little bit out of control. And so there is motivation to rise those interest rates. Uh, for the sake of controlling inflation. I mean, we're all feeling it at the pump. Gas is a lot more than it was. What is inflation? Let's, let's, as a reminder, like, what does this mean? 
basically prices going up, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what it is. And it's significant because let's say you have a certain income, your income may or may not go up, but your expenses over time are going to rise. Rent's going to go up. Food's going to go up. Gas is going to go up. Mm -hmm. So as investors, we need to be prepared for these things. And that's why buying stocks is so important because Although, as you said, honey, stocks can go down with interest rates rising and with inflation, there are also a lot of parts of the market that are more inflation resistant, right? Because they're actually driven by earnings. Yes. And we're seeing that um, it's in the form of what they call sector rotation. So we're seeing that um, the, the, the big price shifts in the growth stocks um, relative to this time last year. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit more details now. So we're talking about inflation. Inflation is happening. There's market volatility. The S&P at the time of this recording is down from its high by about 9%. Yeah. And the NASDAQ's down about 15%. Yeah, right? we're in correction territory. Yeah. So what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we so doing? We Okay, correction-ish territory. Technically, we're not for one of the indices, but we we've been hovering in correction territory all year long, basically. Mm -hmm. um, what are we doing? So we're not pulling all our money out. We're not selling. We're not selling anything. <laughs> of our stocks or anything like that. We're not running. Um, but what we are doing is uh, we are exploring different new opportunities. We love index investing, but of course there are some stocks that we've been considering for a long, long time. And right now is when we strike, we watch our, our companies carefully and we wait for them to get to our, our, our target entry point. And a lot of them have come um, a lot closer in the past. This is why we study companies every single week on this show. This is why, regardless of whether the stock market is high or not, because once you have the knowledge of how these businesses operate, how they function, they get on your radar, right? And now when prices are lower, you're already familiar. You don't have to do that work. You can just do some quick checks to know that you're making a, a good investment decision. So companies are looking good right now. <laughs> yeah. So a couple that I've been really liking is one of them is Facebook or now as meta. it is known, meta platforms. And we had an episode on the show years ago on Facebook, back when it was still called Facebook. And the company was just doing really well, but it was also trading at this incredibly high price. I mean, I think from a price to earning standpoint, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was well, well into the double digits. The last time I seriously studied it, I was thinking about it because when Meta Platform's stock price drops recently, I think a week or two ago, yeah. it was in terms of dollar val value, it was the largest drop in the stock market ever recorded yes. for a single company. And I think Apple had been the one before that. I really like Meta Platforms and here's why. Meta Platforms, you have a business that has literally over 3 billion users. And the total population of the world is around 8 billion. So as far Guys. as like <laughs> 3 billion people, you realize how big 3 billion user base is? Like that's the biggest network ever. People are spending more and more time on their phones. They're spending more and more time on social media in general. Facebook owns Instagram. 
and they do not own TikTok. That's probably like the biggest, bigger threat, mm. most likely. But here's the thing. Meta platforms from a financial perspective, they have been growing their revenue at something like 30% annually. Wow. And their price to earnings ratio is under 15 times earnings. <laughs> which guys like say that again whoa wait a minute pause say that <laughs> one more time yeah meta platforms has been growing both revenue and profits at a very high double digit rate i think last year they increased the revenue around 30 percent, somewhere around there and they're a profitable business yes and their price to earnings ratio is under 15 right now that's a huge deal yeah. this is a company that it's in the past has traded at a price to earnings ratio of over 70 in the past yeah so, all right so i did have one other stock i wanted to talk to you about yes real quick is etsy so full disclosure we actually have not purchased meta platforms as of this recording still need to do some more more research but it looks promising etsy on the other hand that is a stock that we actually have owned in the past yes uh we'll disclose that and sold it some time ago um made a little bit of money but now the prices come down significantly and I'm taking a second look at it Oh, fantastic. because the more I look at it, the more I realize this is just a really strong business. They just released earnings the other day and they just knocked it out of the park and they've consistently beat analyst estimates every quarter for several quarters. Um, so they also have a really strong network and their mission is to keep commerce human, which is a really I think unique mm -hmm. mission for a company to have. And for Etsy, it's all about being special. They allow users to sell special goods that are not commodities. So you can charge higher prices for them. Mm -hmm. Etsy takes a percentage of that and the buyer buys the product. And they take care of the shipping logistics, et cetera. Is that correct? They can for you as a seller if you want to. That's an extra way that Etsy makes money is all these additional services. They can do your packaging for you. They can give you labels. They can help with shipping, but you can also opt out of those services. But a promising sign is that a significant portion of Etsy sellers actually use those optional services. Mm. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So that's another one I'm researching now. Oh, fantastic. So as you all know, we are financially independent, um, but Alex still enjoys the work he does in corporate America. So we're not pulling the trigger on that yet. But if we were ready to start withdrawing from our portfolio, Alexander, what would, would we start doing it in the middle of a correction? <laughs> Definitely not. There is something called sequence of returns risk. And what this means is when you take money out of the stock market, you want to do it at a time when obviously prices are high. You don't want to do it at a time when prices are low because when you do it when prices are low, it increases your chances of running out of money later on the, down the line. You want to pull from the market when prices are high, not when they're low. That's so right. That's something that we're considering when as we're moving into this next phase of financial independence. Yes, because capital compounds. So if you pull out when it's you start taking withdrawals when it's really, really low, you you essentially cap your your compounding potential. Yeah. And that's something that I'm glad you brought it up, honey, because as investors, you watching this or listening to this, you're probably just focused right now on accumulating, right? You just want to build your net worth. You want to get wealthier and that's all well and good. And it's important, 
But also don't forget about the end game. Don't forget about, okay, once I've got X amount of dollars, once I've got X percentage of my expenses covered by income from my portfolio, how are you going to get that money out? And when you take that money out, how much are you going to take out? When you're investing, you're an investor, but when you're also already financially independent, you're still responsible for managing that and you're still an investor. So you have to mitigate for, for market conditions and market shifts. So question for you, Alex, does that mean that we can never withdraw ever because the market is in correction? (laughs) (laughs) No, of course not. Let's say that I hypothetically, if I were to quit my job right now, right. And still kind of scared to think about that. Even, (laughs) even though the, even though the money is there, it's still kind of scary. Nonetheless, it's something that we've talked about a lot. And so if we were both in a situation where we weren't working at all, and we were just pulling money from our investments, instead of taking, say, maybe 5% a year of our assets or 4%, we could take out 3% or 2% and maybe supplement through part-time work, contract work. There's so many ways to earn money, especially if you don't really need to earn that much money. There's a lot of opportunities. So I think being flexible is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. And even without part-time work, I mean, you know, we're debt free. So there's a lot of room and flexibility in our budget. At the end of the day, our fixed expenses are uh, pretty much just our housing. And of course, we need food, that kind of thing. But, you know, there are, you know, travel, etc, things like that. They're very flexible. And, you know, we don't know how long we'll last in correction territory, but we can always reevaluate month to month as as the market conditions shift um, to pivot and do what's best for us. And and do the responsible thing uh, as we manage our wealth. I also want to mention that concept of inflation that we talked about earlier on. Inflation is something that people are talking about now with rising prices, et cetera, et cetera. And those are very real concerns. At the same time, it's also true, and this is something that you and I have talked about a lot in the past couple of months, is we control our inflation to a degree. General inflation is different from personal inflation. Uh, We have control over what we choose to consume or not. And so even though inflation is rampant and it's risen significantly in the past year, our actual housing expenses are are down because we left a very high cost of living area and moved to a state and a city that's more affordable, that has no state income tax. So our actual life costs less than what it did a year ago. Yeah, exactly. And we did that very purposefully, right? Because we're always trying to optimize for different things at different times. But one of those things is making sure our expenses are in line with our values and in line with where we want to be. To bring that point home, you know, uh, Alex and I have both been talking about getting a different car, but of course with the car use, the the car bubble going on right now, we've opted not to. (laughs) Again, that's an expense that we control. We have a lovely paid for reliable Camry. <laughs> yep. That's right. If you want to build wealth, drive a Toyota. <laughs> drive a Camry. Get yourself a nice Camry. <laughs> if you want to build wealth more aggressively, I, I hear Corollas are great. Also, like we've never owned a brand new car before. That's a, a prospect that's been very exciting for us to think about. <laughs> and we just always been really frugal because we wanted to build wealth. And now we're at the point where like, okay, could we afford a new car? Yeah, that sounds exciting. Yes. It's also kind of the worst time to buy a car in general, like new or used. That's right. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to wait. It's okay. And 
there will be a better time. Inflation is personal and we're, we control, we're controlling what we control. Exactly. And did you hear what she said? That was really important. You control what you control. And as investors, and as people managing your finances for you and your family, that's what you got to focus on. Focus on what you can control. Yes, there's crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Russia and Ukraine, there's crazy stuff going on with interest rates, volatility, the stock market is going up, it's going down. We don't know how things are going to look tomorrow or next week or a month from now, but we can control what we buy. We can control the skills that we learn. We can control what investments we make. So focus on what you can control and stay focused on whatever your goals are as an investor, as a person managing your finances, and everything will be all right in the end. That's right. And remember your why. At the end of the day, there is a lot of uncertainty out there, but there's something about financial independence that, guys, we haven't missed a a minute of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You do sleep better when you reach financial independence. Um, And you can also afford a nicer mattress, too. (laughs) That's right. Well, that's it for today, guys. Happy investing. Happy wealth building. Happy investing. And thank you, honey, for joining me on the podcast. I love doing this. in general, and it's really a special treat to have you here. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And listeners, thank you for coming to our table today and hearing us chit chat about our strategy to weather this. That's right. Thank you. And until next time, have a great day and we'll see you on the next one. All right. Bye.